Good morning, church. So good to see you. Welcome. Uh, if you're our guest today, we hope you feel at home. And uh, as, as well, those who have joined us online, uh, glad you tuned in. If you are the, uh, an average American, you're going to live about 28,105 days. All right? If you live to your 77th birthday, you will spend over, get this, 25 years of your life sleeping. You'll spend 18 years of your life working. Uh, you'll spend 11 years of your life watching TV or playing. And you'll spend two of your lives, two years of your life, just getting ready. As I get older, that, that kind of takes a little more time. Huh? Uh, let me ask you this. Is that really what a successful or even significant life is all about? <laughs> so, my question to you is, what are you going to do with your life? What are you going to do with the rest of your days? You really only have three alternatives. Number one, you can spend your life. Number two, you can waste your life. Or number three, you can invest your life in helping make a significant difference in this world that we live. And I would suggest the latter. The greatest use of your life is to invest it in something that's going to outlast it. And most of us, I think, know folks who seem to have it all, right? Seem to be successful, but they're not living for something that's bigger than themselves. God has put a desire within each of our hearts to know that our lives are going to make a difference, that we're going to help leave this world a better place. But in order for that to happen, then first you have to do some soul searching, right? You have to be willing to ask yourself some pointed questions and to purposely make a shift in your focus in your life. What am I going to live for? What am I going to focus on? And you have to be intentional about that shift. And that shift involves moving from success as my primary goal in life to what I would call significance as my primary goal in life. And so for the rest of our time together here this morning, I would like for us to look at how to move from success to significance. Because I think there's a lot of folks in this world who don't know how to move from success to significance. And it's not a new question. I mean, in fact, Nicodemus asked Jesus for advice on this topic some 2,000 years ago. In John 3, verse 1, it says, there was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader, who was a Pharisee. Now, Pharisees were, at that time, uh, among the most respected people in Jesus' day. Uh, everyone at that, in that time wanted to be a, that job, a Pharisee. Uh, Nicodemus wasn't only a Pharisee, he was a member of the Sanhedrin. He was a leader of his people. He was very, quote, successful. And he had everything in life that most of the people in our day spend their lives chasing after. You know, wealth, prestige, influence, power. 
And yet it wasn't enough. There was still an emptiness inside of Nicodemus, and he began to question his definition of success, which is a key to all this. You got to begin to question your definition of success. Nicodemus recognized that his definition of success wasn't working. And he realized that there must be something more. For, for Nicodemus, wealth and status is what made him a success. At least in his mind, he thought. And yet after attaining it, he, he begins to ask, well, is this it? And there's something more? So Nicodemus, he takes a pause. He, he takes inventory of his life and he brought his honest questions to Jesus. And he realized that he lacked the most important thing in life. He lacked significance. So he goes to Jesus to find it. This morning, I'm gonna show you a, a clip, a video clip of the television drama, The Chosen. And it's, it's one of my favorite scenes where Nicodemus gets a private one-on-one -on -one conversation with Jesus, the Messiah. And the thing I love about Nicodemus is that when he, the way he approaches Jesus with such honest questions. You know, most Pharisees, he went at night because it would not have gone over with his colleagues what he was doing there because they were all trying to trap him. You know, they were hostile. But Nicodemus comes with honest questions. And Jesus helps him see that, yeah, there is a better way. And that anyone, any one of us can make that shift from success to significance. You watch. Welcome, Nicodemus. Don't be alarmed. He's waiting for you. I asked the owner of this house for more lanterns, but he said they would draw attention. Yes, I imagine they would. The human eye is drawn to light. We can't help it, it just happens. There are many things we are drawn to without our thinking or our ability to explain why. Thank you for agreeing to meet. Thank you for trying to help Mary when you did no help. You were meant to be there. Me? So I could fail miserably at an exorcism in the Red Quarter? <laughs> if you had not been there that day, would you be on this roof tonight? I don't know where to start. I have so many questions. I... Shall we sit first? Oh, yes, of course. slums. Hmm. 
Many wandering preachers have succeeded in gathering crowds with their rhetoric and fiery tone. I've heard a few of them over the years myself. So you know the type. Mm -hmm. But I have never heard anyone tell a paralytic to get up and walk, much less it actually happened. So what is your conclusion? I believe you are not acting alone. No one can do these signs you do without having God in him. Only someone who has come from God. And how is that belief going over in the synagogue? (laughs) (laughs) Which is why we are here at this hour. What else? What have you come here to show us? A kingdom. That is what our rulers are worried about. No, not that kind. Then what? A sort of kingdom that a person cannot see unless he is born again. Born again? Yes. You mean like a new creature? A conversion from Gentile to Jewish? No, no, that's not what I'm talking about. Then what is born again? (sighs) I hope you don't mean return to the womb, because that would be a problem for me. My mother, may she rest in peace, is dead. Truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. That part of you, that, is what must be reborn to new life. How can these things be? Ah, a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things. I'm trying, Rabbi. I know. I know. Do you hear this? What? Listen. What do you hear? The wind. How do you know it's the wind? Because I can feel it. I hear its sound. Do you know where it comes from? No. Do you know where it's going? No. That's what it is to be born again of the Spirit. The Spirit may work in a way that is a mystery to you. And while you cannot see the spirit, you can recognize his effect. Mind is consumed with thoughts of what a stir these words would cause among the teachers of the law. Yes, and I do not expect otherwise. I speak of what I know and have seen, and it has not been received by the religious leaders. It is hard to receive. So if I have told you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How can I tell you heavenly things? I believe your words. I just fear you may not have a chance to speak many more of them before you are silenced. I have come to do more than speak words, Nicodemus. More miracles? Yes, but even more than that. Do you remember when the children of Israel complained against God and against Moses in the wilderness of Paran? Yes. They wanted to return to Egypt, and they cursed the manna that God sent them. And then? 
They were bitten by serpents, and they were dying. But? But God made a way for them to be healed. Moses lifted the bronze serpent in the desert, and people only needed to look at it. So will the Son of Man be lifted up, so that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Our people are not dying from snake bites. They're dying from taxation and oppression. I'm sorry to disappoint you. But I did not come to deliver the people from Rome. Then from what? From sin. From spiritual death. God loves the world in this way. That he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish. But have eternal life. So this has nothing to do with Rome. It's all about sin. God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, Nicodemus. He sent him to save it through him. It's as simple as Moses' serpent on the pole. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already. Have you ever heard anything like this before? Shh. When I met Lilith, Mary, that day, I told my wife and my students that she was beyond human aid. Only God could have healed her. And then I saw her healed. And here you are. My whole life I have wondered if I would see this day. Follow me, and you'll see more. Follow you? Join me and my students. In two days' time, we leave Capernaum. Come see the kingdom I am bringing into this world. But I... I, I can't. You have a position in the Sanhedrin. You have family. You are getting advanced in years. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. But the invitation is still open. The invitation to what exactly? <laughs> to lead a nomadic life, to... Give up who I am. It's true. There is a lot you would give up. But what you would gain is far greater and more lasting. Is this another one of your born-again mysteries? <laughs> Maybe. I know mysteries aren't easy for a scholar. Think about it. Hmm? Take your time. On the morning of the fifth day, we leave and we'll meet by the well in the southern quarter at dawn. Is, is this... Is the kingdom of God really coming? What does your heart tell you? My heart is swollen with fear and 
wonder. You can tell me nothing except that I am standing on holy ground. <laughs> holy roof, anyway. picture. Jesus extending an invitation, experience rebirth, and you can experience that before you leave here today if you have not. Well, with our remaining time together, I, I want to give you three steps to help you move from success to significance and what the scriptures tell us on how to do that, moving from success to significance. So if you have your uh, Brandywine Church app, you can open that up, or if you have a bulletin that was handed to you coming in. Number one, first of all, to move from success to significance, you have to move from getting ahead, like Nicodemus was trying to do, to actually starting over. Move from getting ahead to starting over. You know, isn't that what we kind of teach our children? Uh, we may not say it in that way, but you know, it's kind of the American dream, getting ahead uh, as one of the main goals that we try to instill in children as they're being raised. You know, the belief that anyone can attain their own version of success in a society where upward mobility is possible for everyone. That if you work hard enough, and put your hands to the plow, you can live the American dream. And that sounds right. In fact, uh, you know, we all want our children to do well, right? Uh, that to be successful, I think there's some, some things that we kind of assume when, uh, you know, it's like do well in school, get good grades, graduate, go to college, Graduate from college, why? So you can get a good job, why? So you can climb the corporate ladder, why? So you can make a lot of money, why? Well, because that's kind of the definition of success in America, right? Now, obviously, there's nothing wrong with making money. I mean, money is neutral. In fact, it's a tool that can be used for good or uh, can cause destruction in your life, but uh, there's a lot of examples in scripture of even wealthy people who've leverage their resources to help the kingdom of God. But it's only the love of money that can get you in a lot of trouble. That's what scripture tells us. But everyone is living for something. And the Bible makes it clear that a person can attain all that comes with, quote, worldly success, wealth, status, 
influence, all the titles, but in the end, still realize that success does not satisfy. Nicodemus was looking for something more, and his goal was to keep moving further up the ladder of success, so he, he paid a visit to Jesus at night and uh, to, to move on to the next step. And Jesus' response must have been pretty hard for him to hear at first, because Jesus told Nicodemus that he wasn't the next step of the ladder. He wasn't the next step on the ladder, that he would actually have to start over again. Jesus said, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, not everyone's familiar with that phrase, born again, but what Jesus is saying there is that just like every person has a physical beginning, you also need a spiritual beginning. And you, but you can't just slowly slide into a spiritual beginning. There needs to be a starting point. In 1 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, this person is a new creation. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Jesus is saying to Nicodemus, if you want to take a step towards significance, you must choose to start over. It's important to understand that God isn't just another step on your ladder of success. He's a whole new ladder. And some of us are having our ladder, we're climbing a ladder and it's on the wrong wall. We have to take it and put it on the, not a wall of significance, but the wall, uh, not the wall of success, but to the wall of significance. And number two, to continue on with the thought from number one, you have to move from thinking physically to thinking spiritually. You have to move from thinking physically to thinking spiritually. Nicodemus was confused by Jesus' statement about being born again. He says, how can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked, so surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. And of course, Jesus was not talking about a physical birth here. He's talking about a spiritual birth. And when most people think of success in their minds, I think they often, their, their minds just automatically go to, okay, influence, fame, power, you know, success, money. And yet there's something much greater and more important than physical success. And that is significance that can only come from the spiritual realm. I like what Francis Chan says about this topic. He says, our greatest Fear should not be of failure, but of succeeding at things in life that don't really matter. <laughs> you know? What matters about your life is not how long you live, but how you live it. And significance can only come through spiritual rebirth that Jesus is talking about. It can only be found in having, you know what that whole segment there of that video clip I showed you is about? It's about an int having an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's about giving our lives to God. And the significance that comes with that. And so many of you here today can testify to what that's like. I mean, I, I, I can't, it's like, now I can go through difficult seasons of my life when, and we all do, we all experience the storms of life, and yet, I still feel his peace. 
that passes all understanding in my life. Why? Because I have this trust in him. The Bible says, he will keep in perfect peace all who trust in him. Now, if all you're doing is watching the news, you know, CNN, uh, ABC, NBC, Fox, that's all you're doing, no wonder you're worried to death. But if you keep your trust in him, he says, I'll give you perfect peace. It's not like the peace that the world gives. Doesn't come from the world. And it doesn't really matter what's going on around you and your circumstances, you know, the external things going on, because his peace is there regardless. I still have perfect peace ruling in my life. It's a divine peace that only God can give. You know what uh, uh, significance is for me? It's being able to sense God's presence in my life every day. <laughs> He's, that he is always with me. You know? I feel him near me. And I talk to him. And I commune with him throughout my day. And I sense him speaking to me through promptings, through uh, his word when I pray. I feel his love, I feel his smile in my life. That's significance. There's nothing like it. There's nothing that this world offers that can compare. Nothing money can buy or, or fame or anything, or climbing the corporate ladder. Significance to me is knowing that when I need wisdom and guidance in my life, I'm trying to make an important decision in my life, I sense his spirit leading me and guiding me. And when I feel weak, and I feel like I don't have strength, he gives me the power. He gives me power to do things I could not do on my own. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in me. And you ask, well, how can I experience that power? Well, you gotta move your, your ladder from that wall of success and move it on to the wall of significance to the spiritual realm. You have to shift and say, you know what? Success is not gonna be my number one goal in life anymore. Instead, significance is gonna be my goal. God is no respecter of persons and he, he is, he is, his invitation is for all. He is available to anyone. But there are three things you must do. Number one, move from getting ahead to starting over. Secondly, move from thinking physically to thinking spiritually. And number three, Jesus was saying this to Nicodemus, move, move from admiring me, Jesus was saying, to following me. You see, Jesus had his admiration. He's like, oh my goodness. I see the miracles you do, Jesus. And Jesus challenged Nicodemus to not just respect him, but to follow him. And it's important for Nicodemus to see Jesus more than just a, a great guy or a good moral teacher that he'd admire. Jesus wants more than our admiration. He wants our, he wants our worship. To experience a life of significance, we must put God first in every area of our life, put him first in the throne of our heart, trust him fully, and follow him, is what the scriptures say.
That's what Jesus said. Come, follow me. Significance comes only when we make Jesus Christ the most important person and thing in our life. And it's only then that we begin to live for something bigger than ourselves. So here's how Jesus said it. He said, only those who give their lives away, only those who give away their lives for my sake and for the sake of the good news will ever know what it means to really live. Only those who give their life away really know what it means to experience significance in their life. God wired the universe in a way that you don't find significance in getting. And that's what we're born with, uh, this desire to, to get. It's a sinful nature. I, I just mind my mind, you know? Getting. But we find significance in giving of our life away. That's what Jesus is saying. You have to shift the focus of your life, and it's an intentional shift from focusing on what can I get out of life to what can I give back to help advance the kingdom of God? What is it that I could help make this world a better place and help advance the kingdom? To move from success from being the goal of your life to significance being the goal of your life. And when you do that, then you will find fulfillment, significance, and that's the way that God has wired the world. God says, as you give your life away from me, you'll find it. You know, there's another benefit at all this about giving our life away and for the purpose of helping advance the kingdom of God, and that is you'll bear fruit in your life. You'll be fruitful, spiritually fruitful. Jesus said in John 15, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. So I, I laid out seven options there for living a life of significance for you. And, you know, this is not, there, there's more than this. Uh, I just, seven, I'm sure there's 17 or more and many more. But this can give you an idea of what it means to give your life away in a way that can help advance the kingdom of God through your time, through your talents and your resources, okay? Um, so number one, you can rate yourself here on these, so one to five. Number one, share. And we did a whole series on this, but influencing others by what you say and do so that they will want to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, there's, there's no greater joy than to help introduce people to the God who loves them. And I love this quote from Erin Wiedemann. She says, quote, when what we say and do honors God and invites others into a relationship with him, we, we lead a life of significance. Isn't that true? So the way we live our lives, what we say and what we do and it honors God, uh, secondly, serve. Uh, that's a way to make your life significant. Donate substantial time, energy to a kingdom cause or ministry. Uh, I have a dear friend who's in my life group, uh, my small group that we meet uh, 
and he sells real estate, and he's, he's good at it. I mean, he's very successful. And he recently made a shift just in his season of his life, and he decided to make a major shift in what we're talking about here today. He met with his business coach here recently to set the next year's goals, you know, always. And of course, when you meet with a business uh, coach, then it's, oh, what are you gonna do next year? It's gonna be higher, right? If you sold 15 million this year, you wanna go 18 million next year, right? And my friend Jim looked at him and said, no, I think I'm good. <laughs> In fact, I think I'd like to go a little bit lower this next year. And he's like, what? Why? Well, Jim is selling his home in Noblesville that he's currently living in, and he's wanting to move to Greenfield so that he can give more time to serving here in his local church and ministries. <laughs> he's decided to make a shift. He's like, I want, I want to spend more time serving with my wife and doing ministry at Brandywine, and to move from success to significance. Love it. Another uh, way you can do that is through giving of your, uh, resources to contribute financial resources to a kingdom cause or ministry. All right? And uh, we have many people here today. This is, this is their big gift. They want to help advance the kingdom of God. And God has gifted them financially, and they just continue to leverage that to help advance the kingdom. Uh, the next one there is business is ministry. Use your business to accomplish kingdom work. And we've seen this at Brandywine as well, where actually God is using their business to help accomplish kingdom work. Another one's partner. Team up with someone involved full-time in a kingdom cause and resource that individual in whatever ways produce results. And that could be here uh, in America. It could be in a mission field or whatever. Uh, Board member, some of you have served on different boards of nonprofits, so provide expertise and support to a nonprofit organization committed to a kingdom cause, something that's gonna outlast us, you know? And then there's a parallel career, and that is to take on major responsibility in a kingdom cause even as you continue to carry out your vocational commitments. And then for several, uh, a fewer percentage of people, God actually calls to leave your vocational uh, job and, and actually enter into full-time ministry. Now, not very many he, he asks to do this, but if, if, if you should choose to leave your job and go into full-time ministry, then you want to make sure you're hearing <laughs> clearly from God before you do that. But if someone told me 37 years ago, that's how long I've been in ministry, don't stoop to being president of the United States if God calls you into full-time ministry. And that's not a political statement. That's 37 years ago before Biden, before Trump and all of them, okay? So, but the Bible says when you die, there will be two questions you'll need to answer as you stand before God on, on judgment day, on that final judgment. And the first question God is gonna ask you is this. What did you do with my son? What did you do with Jesus? And the only right answer is, well, I gave him my life. 
I surrendered my life to him. I accepted him as my Lord and Savior. I experienced a spiritual rebirth that Jesus was talking to Nicodemus about. And I said, God, from here on out, you call the shots in my life. I'm turning my life over to you. You be number one. You be the CEO and manager of my life. And if you're not able to answer that, you've missed the purpose of why God sent his son Jesus here on earth. The second question that God is going to ask you on Judgment Day is this. What did you do with what I gave you? What did you do with what I gave you? The talent, the ability, the spiritual gift, the resources, the opportunities that I gave you, that you had. For a lot of people, they're going to say, well, you know what? I, I did a pretty good stockpile here, built a pretty good nest egg for myself. I took some tremendous vacations and remodeled our home, focused on ways to make my life more comfortable. Wrong answer. (laughs) God did not put you and I here on earth just so we could be more comfortable. Amen? He didn't put you here just so you could live a selfish, self-centered life. What did you do with what I gave you? That's going to be a question that we all have to answer. Of course, the right answer is, well, you know what? I made a major decision in my life to move from success to significance. I decided to prioritize building his kingdom above, helping building his kingdom above all else. And I purposely chose to give my life away for the things of God. I gave God permission to use my life and spend it the way that he chooses. As my, my life being an offering poured out freely for God to use how he willed. And I gave freely of my time and my talents and my resources for the purpose of helping see the kingdom of God advanced here on earth. I honored God and I loved people. And I discovered that, you know what, there's no greater joy than to help introduce people to the God who loves them. When what we say and what we do honors God and invites others into a relationship with him, we lead a life of significance. Amen? Would you pray with me just for a holy moment here, some business with God? Jesus said, What will it benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul in the process? And you know what? Regardless of your age today, I don't care if you're 8 or 80, or where you're at today, you can make a shift from success to significance. You You can live for something bigger than yourself a life of significance. Jesus said, only those who give away their lives for my sake and for the sake of the good news will ever know what it means to really live. So if that's you here today, you're like, man, pastor, I wanna make sure I've got my ladder leaning, not on the wall of success, but on the wall of significance. Today, I'm making a shift. If that's you, if that's your heart today, 
I'd love to pray with you and just agree in prayer with you for that. If you just slip your hand up, say, Pastor, pray for me. This is, this is my heart. Man, I, I want to live for the kingdom of God, not for myself. Yes, hands everywhere. Hand, hold them up high. Bless you. Just say, God, I don't want to waste my life. I don't want to spend it chasing after the things that the my neighbor, the worldly success that they chase after. God, I want to make this shift. Help me to move from just admiring you to following you, fully devoted to you. Help me to prioritize building your kingdom above all else. Thank you, Jesus. And I believe there's others of you here, many of you who who've never experienced this spiritual rebirth. And today, before you leave here, he's saying, hey, God says, it's why I sent my son. Not to condemn you of your sin, but to save you. If you're listening online, if you're sitting here in one of these seats, the Bible says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And today, if that's your heart, if you want to experience this rebirth that Jesus talked to Nicodemus about, I want to give my life to you. I want to, I want to stop living for me and live for him and live for significance. If that's your heart today, if you'd like to experience that rebirth, just, just put your hand up and I'd be honored to pray with you. Yes, I see you. Others, yes, yes. I bless you. Just enter into this prayer, just a sincere heart. Confess with your mouth that God, I want you in my life. I want to turn from my ways and begin to walk yours, and I want to follow you, and I accept you into my life. Forgive me of my sins. From here on out, God, you call the shots. You be number one. You be my CEO, the manager of my life. And Lord, I invite you just to empty me of me and to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you for coming into my life in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Can we celebrate what God has done this morning? Yeah. If you said yes to God today, we've got a yes table over here and a great guy named Jim. He'll help give you some resources, going to help you grow online. You just click that uh, button next to the screen and we'll send you a new believer's Bible, help you get going. And we'd love to hear from it, from you. And uh, so let's stand together. Aren't you glad?